All right, youngest, we're live, bro. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, doing good, you know. The Milwaukee Bucks are in the finals, you know. It's true. This, this Four-day week, a lot of good vibes. Weekend. A lot of good vibes. A lot of great area. vibes. We're in a great mood. And also our topic today is something, uh, you know, you brought it up, but it's something I I was like, excited to talk about. It's true. About. It's, it's going to be a little different. Like, every week we try to, like, make a statement or prove a point. And we're not doing that this week. We're just chilling, talking about some of the most important years in our music uh, listening, I would say. Like, times that, like, influenced the music that we listen to, the genre that we listen to, a very important time. To t- Tell them what I'm talking about right now, young. Yeah. Uh, excuse my cough. I might cough a lot this episode. But, uh, um yeah, we're going to talk about, like, basically the era from 2008 to 2012, uh, also dubbed as, like, the blog era. Blog, blog era. era. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll we'll go into detail a little bit on, like, what that extends to and kind of why that matters. But at the same time, we're just going to talk about the shit we liked from them. Yeah. Um, what we yeah. listened to. I know Lee's been listening to a lot of stuff this week from Dude, that time. So much. And it's crazy because I've listened to so much and there's so much I didn't even get to. That's like that's it's how exactly. that's how crazy it was. So yeah, it's really it's it's real expansive time. I mean, four years is a long time. Um that might have been the moment. I don't know, maybe because we're young. I mean, me and Lee have both expressed that we're a little bit younger in age, but yeah. that was really the time it felt like things were dropping nonstop. And in that four-year span, there were so many different titles and so many different artists that were fitting that, in that span. But again, that just might be because that was when I was really consciously listening to music for the first time and like looking for weekly drops and that sort of thing. Right. I think even before we get into like the music, it was just such a... It's like a pivotal time for hip hop, especially looking where we are now, because so many of our favorite artists, Drake, Kendrick, Cole, Wiz, Crit, Wale, <laughs> Wayne, everybody was putting out so much music at this time. And I, and I we the original plan, we were going to have a guest on the show who I won't say because he'll be on at some point. And I feel it would have been nice to have someone who was kind of like really there at that time like they were late high school college it would have been nice to like get that feedback of dude what was it like when all this shit was yeah. just dropping every week and you were partying that, to that the, perspective partying to yeah because uh-uh. i mean i was like in middle school high school when a lot of the shit was coming out so yeah a lot of the stuff that like we were listening to i i like have memories of either being in middle school playing like old call of duties just running them through on my laptop or being on the bus every morning to school, like I'd go like a mixtape at a time because it was like a half hour ride. So that that's a lot of my attachment to the stuff that we're gonna talk about today. So really, like the blog era. Um, none of this is technical. I don't know if Lee did like super deep research. I didn't do a lot of research. I just, you know, I I listened to a lot of a lot of tapes from that time and. I listened to some interviews of people just talking about the blog era. It's it's this very like mystical time. Yeah. So so Lee Lee really did a lot more research than I did. <laughs> I'm going off memory here. <laughs> so based off like really what I remember, 
the blog era was kind of a point after LimeWire and like the illegal downloading websites, and yeah. those were still around. But the blog era was really a like peak of these websites like Hip Hop Early, Live Mixtapes, That Piff, where these young artists are putting up these mixtapes and these collections of singles for people to just download and share. And it was a big time for like hip hop message boards where people were discussing this kind of thing. Um, so it was a little bit of a break between what the LimeWire and the Napster days were like and what people were used to then. And then uh, what a lot of people are familiar with now when it comes to like SoundCloud and stuff. Exactly. It's real. It's uh, that, it's that bridge because yeah. like you said, it was, it was free downloads, burning CDs, selling them. And it mm-hmm. was that bridge of, okay, we got websites now you can download this. It's official. Like I'm putting my stamp on it. This ain't illegal or nothing like that. Yeah. And it was the bridge between that and what we have now with streaming. I think something that's consistent with the blog era is that it was really just this bridge. Um, to me, when I look at the blog era, it's almost this, it's like a, it's like a digital reimagination of like the golden era from the late 80s and 90s like to me it's like that important because what those guys were doing then it really set the stage for where hip-hop is now where it's the biggest genre in the world like yeah so one of the major things i kind of wanted to bring up um, since you mentioned streaming so the way we think of streaming now i feel is that streaming kind of does things for artists personal brands and back then, it felt like the goal, everyone was dropping mixtapes and they were trying to make it hot so that way they can get signed by the, the top person. You had people right. like Wale, the rapping his ass off so he could go get signed by Rick Ross. J. Cole's rapping his ass off so he can go get signed by Jay-Z right. and that sort of thing. So they, the type of music being made felt different because they were just trying to put out output, not to make it to the top, to make money. They were trying to impress people above them. Yeah, and, that, and that's kind of like when I say it was, it's like a reimagination of the golden era. It's it's just this so much weird, off the wall uh, artistry. Just it's these people, it's these guys that are hungry, and we're kind of coming off of in timeline like timeline wise, we're kind of coming off like snap air and shit like that. And these are guys who kind of want to take it in a different direction, and they're just hungry and they're imaginative. And they're going to drop five mixtapes here. They're going to do whatever the fuck they need to do to become the next big thing. So. Yeah. And um, one of the things I noticed when I was going back and looking was you're talking about that hunger. It felt like people and I was talking about like individual brands. It felt like people were just more willing back then to work with whoever just because they thought it would make them like hot they can get a single off it i mean we had so many weird collabs we had like freddie freddie gapes and kirko bangs are doing a song together (laughs) xv and kendrick lamar doing a song together we have drake and nipsey doing songs together drake and kevin Cossum. like it's cool to look back now and see those collabs that i feel like we would never get today because everyone ended up finding their own lane um so that was neat just finding things that way and then it it is funny real quick that you mentioned that because that's something i had written Mm -hmm. down too and i feel like it's almost like 
almost like in the NBA because we're, we're kind of, well, you're a bigger basketball fan than me, but I like basketball too. It's kind of like when we see guys linking up in free agency and it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I love the way he works and I love his passion about the game and I, I want to get with him. I feel like it, it was a similar time in the blog era. People were, it was this, it was this community like about it and people were willing to collaborate and yeah, we got, yeah. We just got so much crazy shit because of it. So much legendary yeah, and, shit. And everyone was young without their brand and without their style yet. And they're still trying to find their footing and you get interesting stuff. And I mean, you had the groups, you had, uh, you had guys that would work together like Asher Roth and B.O.B. Like yeah. <laughs> they seemed like they were friends and they made similar music. So they'd do, they'd do stuff together, but there were other people that would work with those two just because they're trying to f- figure out what lane they're going to go in and uh where their place is for that yeah but when it does come to the blog era one of the other interesting things is uh like that is really the last time we really had mixtapes i feel um mixtapes have kind of died out where projects are being put on streaming now which isn't a bad thing it's really cool that projects are being put on streaming but the difference was is uh the sample clearances back then yeah. you're putting out tapes and you're rapping over whatever because you're all right let me say the little cliche <laughs> f- f- phrase you're doing it for the love of the game yeah like, that <laughs> yeah that for sure you can experiment with stuff too that maybe you couldn't get done on an album like hey i want to try singing or i want to try rapping on these kind of beats or etc you could try that shit out on a mixtape and <laughs> you know experiment with what you want to do that you couldn't get away with on an album Whereas I, I don't know what the I don't know what they the new version of that is now. <clears throat> it could be just like singles or SoundCloud Lucy's, but that that's not yeah. as effective as like mixtapes to me. Like, yeah, and that, I mean, we I sent you a few songs. Um, there were rappers that were like sharing beats. Yeah, like you yeah. you could do that because you're not buying it to be streamed to make money off of. So you guys are just all sharing stuff. So that was that was a moment that really uh. I miss it's something I definitely miss. I yeah, that, I that, miss that's one of the special things. Like, there's a beat, and every like 12 rappers got their own version of it, and just being like, mm-hmm. Yo, see who's got the best beer, yeah. Vincent Bentley, or just like whatever, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but do you want to get into the music, or do we got anything? Uh, do you have anything else written down for uh, no? I think itself? we talked about it. I think the main things <laughs> that I wanted to get out, I got out. I think the blog era just. And I wish we would have had our guests because I wanted I would want to ask of the people who made it here from the blog era, you know, Kendrick Drake, Cole, et cetera, from people who were there, is that who they would have thought was gonna make it? Did they were those guys really setting themselves apart at that time? Or was there like a, you know, like an XV, like or, or a, yeah. pack, a pack div or somebody who based on that, the stuff they were putting out then you really thought they were gonna make it and they didn't. So that's another interesting and you always hear people talk about that on twitter and shit like that with the blog air like man and you say yourself charles hamilton should have been should have yeah. been <laughs> well i was gonna say who's someone that you remember from that time that you felt like this this is who this is who i'm riding with this is this is next stuff this is the guy i'm gonna rock with for the next like 10 years and then it just didn't really happen or it I did was, happen who I were you right about so well, some someone that we both love, Big Crit. We were talking about Big Crit earlier today. And Crit is someone who 
him and Currency, who we'll talk about later, to me, they're like kind of like the godfathers of the blog era. They were really putting out like album quality shit just, you know, once a year, twice a year, consistently during that mm-hmm. time. And yeah, I Crit Crit is one that comes to mind for me. I love Crit. Anytime Crit puts out stuff to this to this to, to this day, I'll still check it out because I just adore his talent and his artistry. So Crit would be for me. Yeah, I mean, you kind of mentioned Charles Hamilton for me. Um, like he, I remember he was someone I got a, it's a pink lava lamp tape. I forget what it's called. I got it as a gift. Someone burned the CD for me. It's like, hey, you need to check this guy out. I listened to it. I was like, this is like pretty good. And then I just kept listening to it. And he instantly became one of my favorites. And um, he hit the double XL list. And he was doing songs with like everyone else off that list based off of that and the strength of Brooklyn Girls. I don't know if you remember Brooklyn <laughs> Girls. I, can, I can't remember Brooklyn Girls off the top of my head. I'll, I'll check that out. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he he's really like a figure of the blog era because as I was saying, this was more like a community of people that were really inside more than they were outside. Let me put it that right. way. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it allowed for things to be like out of the ordinary and yeah. it allowed for like more of a geekier side. Yeah. Um, kind of yeah, like yeah. exact hipster shit like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lupe Fiasco like made a super group called All City Chess All Club. All City Chess Club. Yes, sir. Everybody like, from make... the blog era was an All City Chess Club. I swear to God. Yeah. So like, the fact that he called himself a chess club and that was supposed to be cool in a sense. Um, and Charles Hamilton did stuff like that. He rapped over Sonic beats and he kept yelling how much he loved pink and he was rocking a jam sport, you know, the backpack stuff. And he rapped over what windows 97, the fucking windows 97 song sound. And he just rapped over it on repeat. Like yeah. it was a time where you could do random stuff like that. And yeah. it kind of leaked over into the sound SoundCloud era, but the, this was a time for more. Um, it was less jokes. I feel like guys like Ski Mask and Water God, or Ugly God, not Water God, Ugly God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those guys were doing it for fun, and they were doing it more as a joke. It felt like these guys were like, "No, this is the shit I'm into." Yeah, they, they were I'm, really about their artistry and their craft. But they were just a little it was, bit it was goofy. Left, yeah, they yeah. they were just a little left of center compared to what we were coming off of, you know, yeah. in the previous years in hip hop. So yeah. And a lot of that might be accredited to Kanye. Not really sure, but like that's uh, yeah. I mean, yay for sure, even you know, three stacks, all kinds of you know, off the wall yeah. people. But it, they, that was really when it instead of just being like one or two guys every couple of years who kind of had that off the wall style it's like no everybody is on like this is what we're on right now like this is we are on a chess club (laughs) exactly like that looking back that's like super corny but thinking of it at the time it fit well and uh yeah back to charles hamilton he doesn't punch that cop in fucking cleveland ohio we got the next (laughs) j cole on our hands um but yeah there's there's a lot of people going back and listening to i um xv was the big one I'm, i sent you an xv tape yes and I, I listened to it expecting me not to like it at all anymore and i couldn't believe how much i enjoyed it like how much 
it still felt not re- like it felt like a victim of its era, era but it, it was listenable. Yeah, I think that came up first because shout out to Babo, dad gang of the of our Discord. He dropped his he said his like top five blog era mixtapes, and he said an XV tape. And you were like, Yo, Lee, have you heard of XV? And I I didn't even know what XV was, and I was like, No. And I listened to the mixtape, and I, yeah, I was like really impressed. <laughs> like the shit was really cool. Like I could imagine myself if I was you know in early college when that came out, you know, playing it all the fucking time in my car <laughs> like it was some like some mac miller or some shit that i was on when i was in late high school and college so yeah i was i was i was impressed by it i enjoyed it yeah he like the zero heroes mixtape opens up with a just blaze beat uh what do you call it again it has a kendrick feature it has a cole yep. yeah a j cole production it has a good push a t verse really good push a t verse i mean he was like that's that's kind of what I was talking about. It's it's just everyone was willing to work with one another because they just wanted what was up next, and it didn't yeah. feel forced. Maybe I'm just being like, I miss the old days right now, but it didn't feel forced. No, like not even because I think even back to like when I said it's kind of like this re reimagination of the golden era, but kind of in like the digital version. Um, you know, big is not big, but established guys reaching out to smaller guys, guys who are bubbling everybody was kind of reaching out to each other because we, they were all trying to figure out this new thing, um, which was, you know, that piff and live mixtapes and all that shit. They were all trying to figure it out together. And yeah, in that process, we just get crazy collaborations and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just beautiful shit all together. So yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of one of the other things I wanted to discuss, I felt like there were sex when I was looking into this. Felt like there was a group of like stoner collaborators, the smoke business, <laughs> the currencies, the Wiz Khalifas. Yeah. Um, and they worked with other people too. And then there was like the nerdier set, um, in like the hipster kind of goofy area where it was like Charles Hamilton, Chitty Bang, Asher Roth, you know, Asher Roth, yeah. you know, like the college like frat music. Um, if I recall correctly, both of those guys were at schools, like they were in colleges and ended yeah. up dropping out. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you got into Kids in the Hall at all. I think Kids in the Hall was around that area too. I did. I did not get into Kids in the Hall. That's the thing okay. about the blog era, dude. There's so much shit that you just. You just There's so much. On. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you I weren't mean, there trying to go back and get it all. It's good luck. It's impossible. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, you're probably gonna bring up some stuff I haven't heard either. Like, it's impossible to catch everything, and there might have been some stuff that, like, I just missed out on. Yeah. Um, and then there was, I feel like there was a clear set that was ahead of everyone else. Um, okay, yeah, Kendrick, that's interesting, yeah. The Kendrick, the Cole, the Drake, the Crit, um, Wale. I know Wale ended up not panning out so much, but at the time it felt like, oh, yeah, this guy's in the conversation with the rest of them. yeah. And also another topic for another day. Wally did kind of pan out, but that's a whole that's a, <laughs> that's a combo for another day. But yeah, yeah, Wally's in that. Uh, just wit whiz. Um, we haven't brought up Wayne yet, which is you know Wayne is kind of like the godfather of just putting out a bunch <laughs> of free mixation in general. By this so time that you... we're talking about is 0813 or 08 to 12. He's kind of he's cooled down on the mixtapes a little bit, but I th- he still had some output. 
in that time too. So I would say Wayne's putting him out. Uh, I mean, I'm cool to talk about it. I wouldn't say it wasn't something I really like dove into when I was listening to some stuff. I know you wanted me to listen to No Ceilings, so I, I checked yeah, that no, out. Yeah, No Ceilings is kind of like from that time. It's the pivotal Wayne. I think I wrote it down. What else we got in that time? We got like Sorry for the Wait. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of that, most of the stuff he was putting out was just before. So. Yeah, there's not yeah, a ton of was, I didn't even want to really get in the way, but he's I just had to bring him because he's like the kind of the godfather of the mixtapes and shit. Yeah, I mean at this point he's established. That, yeah. That's kind of why we're avoiding talking about him. Uh he put out a ton and he really did like hold the depth if charts down and everything. Uh, I mean, so did other guys. Ross was putting out some tapes, Jeezy yeah. was putting out some tapes. Yeah. Like they were always at the top when you were logging on to that piff, but we're, we're trying to focus on, like, uh, you know, the smaller guys. Yeah, just, you know, just kind of what we like, shit like that. But, yeah, I, I do agree with that kind of, yeah, everyone was kind of working together, but there were there were a set of guys who, looking back, yeah, they were the cream of the crop, and it makes sense why they're kind of still here now and some of these other guys aren't, so, yeah. the fuck just happened all right uh that was a that was a punch in (laughs) that was a little break um bathroom break tea break things of that nature youngs is battling through a flu game so quick break but we're back i I was coughing like crazy, <laughs> so I, I had to pause my mic and handle that. You know, make some make some hot tea to yeah take down my sore throat. But we're back, picking picking right back up where we left off. Um, we're kind of getting into some of our favorites. We're still kind of freestyling, so we're just kind of gonna let it flow. Um, I'll I'll let you start, youngest. Any, anything you had in mind? Yeah. So, like. What was a tape you heard where you were like, what, what's something that you continually go back to from this era? So we've, we both talk, we've talked about it in our discord. There's a few, but for me, cushion OJ is probably the biggest really? one for me. Wiz is a guy who, he weird to me he weirdly has like kind of a slipped on mixtape catalog like Mm -hmm. he is someone who should really be in those combos when we talk about you know people from kind of the mid-2000s onto the 2010s people just who have the best mixtape discographies Wiz is really one of those guys um with the cabin fever series taylor ardice cushion oj uh uh flight flight club whatever that one was called like he has so much he has so many great tapes, but Cushion OJ for me is just the one. I remember hearing Cushion OJ for the first time and just being like, yeah, like this is this is what a mixtape should be. Like, there's really cool, there's really cool skits on there. Um, I like what Wiz is doing musically. Um, I mean, he's not like a you know a wordsmith lyricist or anything, but he can really yeah. craft some dope songs. And Cushion OJ Cushion OJ is that one for me. Yeah, so let me let me expand on the whole he's not a lyricist thing. That was one of the things I noticed when I was going back a lot. 
they were really rapid back then. <laughs> yeah you kind of yeah. see the shift in melodic stuff and i remember at the time it was like wiz isn't a real rapper all he talks about is smoking weed yeah. and now <laughs> if he were to come out now he'd be the barzy type yeah <laughs> that is that is funny yeah. Bar- yeah so like yeah cushion oj wiz wasn't someone i was like too big into right away um Rolling Papers, like the album, I, I remember vividly and like liking some of the songs. Yeah. And I remember when the mixtapes came out. I mean, Wiz was a huge fucking deal. Um, yep. That facts. And like T, T- God Mafia, all yeah. that stuff. Um, he Wiz was, is what you, you don't realize how big Wiz is. Like, you probably yeah. can't name like 10 bigger rappers than Wiz, like Wiz Khalifa, just worldwide. Like, he's a, even really? to this you day. Think so? Like he he weirdly he does good streaming numbers. Like whenever Wiz puts out a project, like people like he has a lot of people who care. Wiz is like a he's a weirdly popular guy. Um yeah. that you just you don't realize it. Uh but yeah, Wiz is even though I think I mean people argue about the quality of his work, his dip, but I mean I think he's he still puts out some good work from time to time. Yeah. And I mean him and currency were like a one two combo that not a lot of people Man. really can do like i can't think of at the time um like duos that weren't really duos it, they worked well together i mean yeah Wiz but, and currency <laughs> were, were damn near a duo with all the shit they yeah. had together but yeah the, i mean to me they're they're like unmatched in that room and i mean anything currency was doing currency i mean he's still like that but currency was putting out a tape damn near every fuck he was putting out four mixtapes four or five mixtapes a year consistently mm-hmm. he's still doing it now so Currency's yeah. one of those guys who I I wanted to like when I was going back and looking, I was trying to listen to more. I was trying to listen to a good amount of currency, and I was like, I can't do it. <laughs> There's just so much currency shit to go through that I can't even do it. Just the pilot talk. Yeah, if you if you want to get into currency, pilot talk trilogy. Pilot talk. Um, I don't know how much streaming changed it. I know it's on streaming. I don't know if it's too different from that piff. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. Covert Coop just hit streaming, so definitely yeah, check. So that how out. do you? So how do you feel about like streaming and that piff change and stuff? Like what are what are some major omissions that you noticed when you were going back? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. That okay, yeah, that's a good point. Cause I mean we kind of <laughs> talked about that piff and shit earlier, but now when we look at streaming, we're, we're kind of getting stuff back on there. <laughs> so like what what's the shit that we need on streaming? That's a good question. No, that's not what I was asking. Oh, wait, wait, what are you what are you saying? I think we might have we talked we might have talked about that at the beginning, maybe. Uh the stuff that's on streaming that was that piff, but they like took songs off because of sample clearances. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So what are like noticeable omissions or noticeable stuff there? That's a good question. Because like, the crit was here is not anything like the mixtape. I, I will say for me, I don't even notice a lot of that stuff because I still really even when the tapes get put on streaming, I usually still listen to them on that piff or SoundCloud yeah. or whatever. I don't do a lot of that stuff because on, on a lot of them like the audio scene like the audio will seem different like the beats don't sound the same like the lyrics sound like they're mixed a little differently so i don't i don't check a lot of the tapes on streaming because it just yeah. a lot of times it's just it's not the same mixtape <laughs> like to me yeah i mean sometimes it's a little bit for the better i know yeah. future had some uh controversial skits on monster that yeah. was uh, streaming he decided to yeah. take off but um yeah i mean 
damn, I got to think about future. When was Future's tape run? That was in 2014. I feel like, right? yeah, it was, a, it was a little past this era. <laughs> I mean, he still, I think astronaut status was like 2011. Yeah. Um, I'm not a huge Future fan, so I'm, I, I'm not like the, the guy to go to, but I think astronaut status came out in 2011 and he might've had one more yeah. tape in that kind of run that we're talking about. But yeah. I mean, we're also not strictly talking mixtapes. We're talking about the era too. Yeah. Just the era. Yeah. Um, so like, I'll say my first album I bought first album I bought with my own money, I believe was Chitty Bang's breakfast. <laughs> oh man. I, I believe that. That's hilarious. I believe it. And it, it's <laughs> like, you're not the only one with that story. Like, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people are like that. They have the shit from that era that they loved and was just, but how shit. do you feel about Chitty Bang? Cause Chitty Bang was like for a while, my favorite, my favorite rap. I'm going to be honest. 100%. Chitty Bang. I'm not, that was one that I kind of missed out on. I've heard like, I've heard Chitty Bang in passing. Like it's a, okay. Like they're a great concept or something. <laughs> They're just super blog era, <laughs> like just the yeah. concept of Chitty Bang. So I mean, Zephun Jones, like, well, I'm going to talk about it a little bit if you don't mind. Like, yeah, Zephun yeah, Jones, ahead. he was one of the better producers. Um, he was really good at mixing samples and stuff. And Chitty was kind of a redundant rapper. A lot of the stuff sounded the same. A lot of the rhymes sounded the same. But at the peak, man, when it was fresh, it was <laughs> it was it was real fresh, and it was it was a lot of fun. Um, I think they're still putting out music now. A lot of these guys are putting out music now. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just not really working out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I wish I wish Zephyr Jones was still producing for sure. He he found interesting ways to cut stuff up and. They they had a few mixtapes where they brought some guests on to like do some work. I know Trade the Truth has a song with them. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Trade the Truth. Trade the much. Truth, legend. Yeah, Look. legend. Great, um, great, great person to hop on a track for you. And he did his shit on a Zeflin Jones beat. Like, yeah, I mean the duos were some of the more interesting stuff from that era. Of That's a fact. I think. I mean, I think the one would you would you agree with Cool Kids? Probably, it's probably like the the premier duo from. I'm that gonna time. say yes, and then someone's gonna yell at us. But yeah, yes, it's Cool Kids. Like, did you not remember that fucking uh, Kendrick yeah, and J I... Cole? Had the... <laughs> it's like no, yeah. The cool. I, I feel like the Cool Kids are. Yeah. Even if you just want to forego groups and just talk about acts. When you talk about the blog era now, the cool kids were just the culmin- they were the culmination of the blog. <laughs> yeah, um, and they've aged extremely well in my eyes. Yeah, um, yeah. I do go back to when Fish Ride Bicycles, that album. I will spin that every now and then. I'm not gonna say consistently because that'd be lying, but sometimes Penny Hardaway or GMC pops up on my shuffle and I'm listening to it like I'm staying for the ride. Yeah, the cool kids are one of those man. Big shots to the cool kids. They were just so they were such a big deal during the blog era. Um, you know, they kind of stepped yeah, away from the... stepped away from the group stuff, and then they ca- they came back, dropped the album. I think in the 
couple years, like maybe like 2018. That was pretty, that was really good. Yeah, it's Grandmaster Superficial some shit. I don't know. It was a long ass title. And it was a good project. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, big shout out to the cool (laughs) kids. There was, I remember I was watching an interview that Currency was doing with the blog, uh, with someone talking about the blog era. And he was talking about how he wanted to do something to kind of give some of those guys from the blog era their shine who really didn't cross over and have as much success as guys, you know, like the big guys like Drake and Kendrick, but even guys like, you know, currency guys like that, who are still, you know, really prospering, having good careers. And I mean, the cool kids, they, they're doing good stuff on their own. I mean, Chuck <laughs> English is a, he's, he's got some good B placements, you know, Sir mm-hmm. Michael Rocks is doing good, but the cool kids, they're someone, they're a group who really, really deserves their flowers. The cool kids are so fucking great. I love the cool kids. Yeah. Yeah. Big fan. Um, like out of, uh, so I mean we keep dancing around the bigger guys. Um, yeah, what, fuck what it. was let's like? Let's get into it. Yeah, what what was like some of the Kendrick stuff you liked from this time? Because I mean, it's Section Eighty falls within our time frame, right? Section Eighty is in the time frame. Section Eighty overly dedicated Kendrick Lamar EP, which just an amazing, just an amazing three projects to have in that you know four <laughs> to five years that we're talking about. I think overly dedicated might be the best of that section 80 is so good too but uh, no, I, i'm a section 80 guy yeah i love section 80 um <laughs> but i think for me it's kind of because i listen to overly dedicated today so it's it's fresh in my head but okay. yeah section 82 i mean it was is that the one with michael jordan overly dedicated as michael jordan yeah, yeah. okay but i uh, i think now that i'm thinking about it i would agree that section 80 is probably the one i mean section 80 to me even stands with his other really big albums like i mean i think yeah. you could you could talk about section 80 in a combo with his other studio albums like it's it's that good so and it's still like it didn't break away from the other stuff that we're talking about you know like it yeah. did feel like it fit in with everything else we're talking about yeah it was i mean <laughs> and like when we talk about what we've said with like the bigger axes it was within that time but it kind of stood apart. Like you could tell like, oh shit, this is different and this has staying power and this is really special. So yeah, I would agree that section 80 for Kendrick is that uh, the Kendrick Lamar EP though is something that I listened to maybe in full for the first time today. I might've heard it in full before, but I just didn't remember it. The Kendrick Lamar EP is really fucking good. <laughs> like, I honestly don't know if I've heard it. It's a lot uh, better than be I remember. That something I need to yeah, it's like a quick i think it's like seven songs it was a lot better than i fucking remember kendrick is so fucking great but yeah and, so what, about, uh, and what about everyone's favorite j cole man <sighs> we we had a little cold talk in the discord today because people we we were having a little j cole versus versus not really versus just a j cole and big crit comparison conversation and cole is somebody who was really weirdly at his artistic best. best. Yeah. I artistic. He was artistically, he was really making his best shit at this time. Um, <coughs> which is interesting because music is this thing where a lot of people, their debut shit is their best, but that's, that's kind of like an older thing. When you look back in like the eighties and nineties, how your debut album is like your best. Nowadays we really see guys, you know, growing and maturing and making better music as time goes on. But Cole was really 
in his artistic zone at the beginning of his career and in the mixtape era. Like Friday Night Lights and the warm up. I mean, man, Friday Night Lights is so good. (laughs) Like he just hasn't really touched that since which is crazy see i i disagree with that i'm still gonna bang for forest hill i think forest hill drives is this peak it's what i want from cole it's like the best of cole he really like yeah and i mean born center too kind of i mean yeah reaches reaches that point like we're two guys who were i mean we're we like cole we don't love him or anything but i I mean i think born center is a a project I, I, i bang for this era of cole I don't oh yeah, yeah. More. This era of Cole for sure. But I mean, even like album wise, I think Born Center is a good album. I think Forest Hills Drive is a good album. I think that me just put out is a good album. Like I think he has good albums, but this was it's like this mixtape time. It's it's just different for Cole, and it's weird. Um, that, I I think Forest Hills Drives is the pinnacle of what he was trying to do with Friday Night Lights. And I love Friday Night Lights. Okay, I, that's I, why I, I love Friday that. Night Lights. Yeah, um, I can see that. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Cole was, is the guy. Yeah, when you slander J. Cole, just remember he was putting out shit that was just as good as your favorite rapper during this time. And he Don't was forget. working with people back then too. That was the great part. I mean, him and Wale. I don't know if you've ever heard Winter Schemes, Lee. Uh, on what? What's that on? It's not on anything. It was like a oh, loose. Okay, yeah, no, I don't think I've heard. They it. just put it. Yeah, those, those like him and Wale really tried to outwrap each other. That was always fun. They brought the best out of each other, just trying to one up each other at all times. And like, I mean, people still do that now. I feel like I see that a lot between like Money Bag and Little Baby and stuff. Yeah. But <clears throat> it was a joy to see it then. Yeah, um, talking if. If we're just talking like Discog real quick, if I give mm-hmm. you these couple names during the mixtape during the blogger, you got to rank the discography. If within I give you this within the era, or with, like within within the era, within the era, so just just within the time frame. So if I give you like Wale and J Cole and Big Sean, who we haven't talked about yet, but Big Sean had some good mixtapes in this time too. If I gave you those Ooh. three, who how would you rank them in order? Off top of your head. <laughs> Cole, Wale, Sean. And that's not a disrespect to Sean because I like Big Sean. Um, I do think my biggest issue with the Finally Famous tapes, and I mean, this is maybe the wrong issue to have. Finally Famous, the album, is the greatest hits of the Finally Famous mixtapes. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> I kind of do like the album a little more than the mixtapes, and I return to the album more than I do the mixtapes. There are a few songs on the tapes that I go back to. He's got the one with Chitty Bang I really like. Yeah. Um, Bro, Big but, Sean is such a, he's kind of, he kind of has that J. Cole thing too where I, I like people kind of turn, people kind of turn Detroit in there? Detroit's Detroit, in this I think Detroit is 2013. Okay. I think. Which, I mean, if we want to be, I mean, we were, I mean, like I mean, five years kind of the does, thought. Yeah. I mean, 2013 is too yeah. far away we just came up with an arbitrary number but yeah i mean 08 to 2013 <laughs> is five years so that's even better so i mean yeah even if you if you want to count detroit you can count detroit too because that yeah, is i mean i like i love that project yeah i like detroit a lot too um oh no it's still behind i i really love more about nothing yeah i i would and agree I love with, i would agree with sean at third 
I would actually put Wale at one though. I would say anyone who <laughs> anyone who knows me knows that I really really love Wale musically. And so let me he, ask you, what do you what do you like the most out of Wale? Is it more the rapping or is it the love songs? Because I think those are two different types of Wale. Wale. I think one is a lot better than the other. Wale is an artist who, when you look at the music he make he makes, it's almost like he was concocted in a lab for me. Um, he's a guy who came up in this blog era of just, you know, really creative, witty, still being a good rapper and shit like that. But there's also a big 90s <laughs> and R&B influence in his music. And he he can get in that singing bag, too. But he's he's still a really slick lyricist. Like, Wale can really rap for real. And you get all that. So Wale is a guy who his music is like almost just fucking made for me. So that's what I love about Wale. I love everything he does. I love when he really gets in his rapping shit. I like when he does the singing shit too. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know I, if I like one more than the other. I, I love them both. I definitely think the love the love songs are a lot better than his regular rap songs. Um, going from that way to like uh, the breakup song off the yeah. more of nothing. Like he, <clears throat> Lotus Flower Bones, you know. Lotus Flower Bomb. Yeah, I think he excels well when he gets a hook boy to do the hook for him. He gets to spit his verses. Um, recently, we saw that with Tiller and Love Is. Mm. Great song. Yeah. Um, but like back then, he was doing stuff with Neo, doing stuff with Lloyd. And I think that's when he's really at his best. Um, yeah, I think he just has a he has a great and it's it's funny that he ended up being under Ross because it's Ross's best quality i think he has just a really good ear for music um mm-hmm. he can really make good songs and weave good songs together to make a project i think he's he's always been able to do that i don't want to say better than kind of his peers but he has he's always been able to do that very very well so how do you feel when uh his peers keep telling him that he's not good enough to be on <laughs> i mean it's t- it's tough man i think and like i said earlier um <laughs> Wale made it. Wale yeah. has had platinum songs. He's had big albums. He's when we talk about this blog era, when we there's not a lot of guys who started at that who were there at that time who mm-hmm. have been active throughout the whole period to now and who are as big a deal as Wale. You can't when you talk about that, you're talking about Kendrick and Drake and Cole and like Big Sean. Mm-hmm. That's pr- that's pretty much it. Those are the only people you're okay. saying over Wale. So, I mean, yeah, Wale in the grand scheme of things, Wale made it out well. <laughs> and he's been yeah, making good so music. On, on that point, someone we haven't brought up yet, but I'm going to say fuck him for this. Uh, Kid Cudi, man. Kid Cudi was the one that said that bullshit that people don't want to work with you because your shit's not hot. And now look. Yeah. He's throwing out mean, garbage after garbage. All right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Cudi real quick. Because, yeah, Cudi's a guy who needs to be brought up in this at this time because oh a kid named cuddy a kid named cuddy is <laughs> one of those one of those projects from another one of those projects from this time i would e- i would even i would argue that it stands out like I, it's, there's not a it's ton my of tapes. favorite project to his yeah there's not a ton of projects just in this era that i would put over it i really think it stood out um it showed just this weird uh mix of a kid from cleveland who lived in New yeah. York, who had these different influences and was just bringing a different twist to making hip hop music that we hadn't seen. 
talking about mental health and shit like that. I think Cuddy was important, I would even say, because, I mean, when you look at hip hop now, it's a lot of people talking about, you know, their demons and their mental health and shit like that. Yeah, and I'm a lot of those make fun of you if you're going to call <laughs> Cuddy important, bro. Fuck that I think, shit. If you, I, I would say Cuddy, if is, Kid I would Cuddy, say got, Cuddy is important. I would, I would if say Kid Cuddy get, if Kid Cuddy got you through some rough times, please don't talk to me. And I would say even past just that, I mean, the impact <laughs> that he had on Ye, I think you could, I mean, he was, he was, Ye was, Ye was someone who was influenced by Cuddy. Um, it influenced 808, 808s, it influenced the music after that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would say Ye is important for sure. I mean, Tra- Travis Scott is one of the biggest rap artists out now. We don't get Travis Scott without Ye or without Cuddy. And yeah, but. yeah, I mean, yeah, musically, he's a yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just not, mean, I mean, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, like, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, Kid Cudi didn't I, really get me through any dark times <laughs> in my life, but if he did, salute to you, you know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> yeah, one of the one of the better things, Kid Cudi, I, I don't know why I instantly thought about this, I haven't thought about this all week, but when we started talking about Cudi, one of the best things he did was introduce us to Chip the Ripper, man. <laughs> Man, <laughs> Chip the Ripper was that dude, and then could not make a song by himself. I don't, yeah, I don't know if I I've ever heard a Chip the Ripper solo song. Um, <laughs> yeah, but when he was hopping in on those features, man, oh boy, he was cooking a little bit. Yeah, big uh, shout out to Cuddy. I'm trying to think if there's anyone who I haven't brought yeah, up that I really wanted but, to. But a kid named Cuddy, favorite Cuddy songs off that 50 Ways to Make a Record. Uh yeah, what's the the wall the Wale's on that too? Is, is there any love? Is that on fucking a kid named Cuddy? I feel I like there's so. there's a wall yeah that one because Wale fucking yeah. spazzes on that. Um, oh, Cuddy spazzing. I mean that, but I just named two songs right there where we wouldn't get that today because he can't make money off the spaz beat and he can't make money off the Paul Simon song Fifty Ways to Leave Your Lover. Yeah, like we yeah. we just don't get that kind of music anymore. And it happens so rarely. Um, we get stuff like Who I Smoke, where I got to like it on SoundCloud, a different yeah. one every two weeks because it keeps getting taken down. Yeah. It's just not something that was an issue before. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, <laughs> I get it. You know, rap, you know, hip hop music, it's it's big business now. So I get it. But yeah. Yeah. That, that's just the beauty of that. You know, I said it once. I said it again. Why I think it's a new a kind of updated version of the golden era. People were just getting it out the mud man they're with their artistry and they were finding these songs and making it they were just doing it for the love man and mm-hmm. yeah so I'm trying to think if there's anybody else who i really really want to get into i mean there's so much we're yeah, definitely I'm, forgetting a ton of people i mean yeah there's <laughs> a lot of tapes that i love i know mean, you talked about chitty bang which was your uh you know kind of kind of kind of like underrated one that you want to talk about if I if I had one like that real quick, I would say Lincoln Way Nights by Stolly. Um I think I've even, I think Is I that even the one you you I sent think, me that one a while ago. Yeah, I sent you something on there just because I don't I don't even know why it came up. <laughs> but yeah, I sent you something on there. This is <laughs> one of my favorite tapes from this time. It was a it was a dig for me. I think I found it later when I was like in college. So like 2018 or something like that. But Stolly was signed to MMG. Um, I don't know if he was signed. He wasn't signed to MMG when this came out. I think this came out in like 2011. And this is one of those tapes that I love because it plays like an album. I think the biggest problem with a lot of stuff in the blog era is these projects were like fucking 20, 25 songs, which, you know, 
it's something that we deal with now, which is funny when people act like that's a new thing. But um, I love this project because it's, it's not that long. I think it's like 15 songs. It's kind of more of a traditional hip hop album. And yeah, like front to back, not a miss on there. The production is really, really cohesive. Um, you can play it all the way through, but it's, it's cohesive, but it's not samey. And yeah, this is one of those that really stands the test of time. Stally is one of those guys who I'm not surprised that it didn't work out for Stally because I mean, he doesn't make like a mainstream brand of hip hop, but Stally, I mean, this tape is, is fucking crazy to me. So yeah. Two things off that one first thing he reminded me of was freeway. Like mm. a newer freeway. Mm, yeah. And two, he might've not been signed to MMG, but he used, I think he used it first. He used the same Fred Hampton speech that Ross uses on Teflon Doc. And I picked that up right away. Uh, I was like, that's... bro, what the fuck? I was like, because you sent it to me as an MMG artist. I was like, these dudes are just, they've heard one Fred Hampton speech. They were in the studio, they just heard one speech and they're just going to keep reusing it. Huh? It's like a LeBron <laughs> reading the first page of the autobiography of Malcolm X type beat. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's Dolly Lincoln Way Nights is that one for me. That kind of I that that's one where I, I I really wish I was old. I was like that age when I heard it. If I was like sixteen mm-hmm. or seventeen, um, yeah. we talked about Wale. We talked about more about nothing very briefly, but dude, I, I fucking love more about nothing, man. Yeah, uh, the follow. You said you're not a Seinfeld guy, right? I'm not a what? Seinfeld guy? No, no, I don't watch Seinfeld. Okay. Like so that's yeah. kind of, I think that's okay. how I got into Wale. Yeah, as someone so like, who dude, loves there's a Seinf- rapper, I was like, there's a rapper that's like all Seinfeld stuff. Yeah, talk about that. <laughs> as someone who loves Seinfeld, how was that for you? Because for me, it was it was cool. It was like a perspective that I enjoyed from a hip hop mixtape. But I was like, I don't really care about Seinfeld. <laughs> so it didn't mean shit to me. Like as someone who was fucking with Seinfeld, tell, like how how was that? Just hearing that in the music. Oh god, this is if you haven't told couldn't tell already i'm not black so (laughs) (laughs) let me dig into the seinfeld talk (laughs) like seinfeld seinfeld's kind of just been like a show that's been on in my life like my entire life i can't remember a time where i wasn't watching seinfeld like either my dad had it on i had it on so i'd seen like every episode every scene thousands and thousands of times to the point where like i know where he pulled each clip from from like every episode like i know what's going to happen before the conversation i know what led to that conversation everything so like i was saying i don't know if that's how i found wale or if that's what like got me into wale but just like seeing a rapper that was doing everything seinfeld really piqued my interest um what was this song i think it was on mixtape about nothing I mean, it, it did teach me some stuff, too, because I don't know if you've ever heard the song The Kramer, yeah. whereas Michael Richards yeah. freak out. Yeah, I yeah. didn't know that happened. <laughs> oh, yeah. OK, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I found that you, out. If you don't know about Kramer, the, the character from Seinfeld, I mean, everyone listening to this probably knows about Kramer. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I didn't I didn't know about the freak out. So that was something. And that was something like middle school me was like, yeah, man, he's spitting some shit right here. He's talking about like all this stuff so i mean just the way he intertwined everything and then having jerry seinfeld come on 
for the album about nothing was super cool um yeah and like he's you can tell he's like a fanatic because he's picking the perfect clips for every song oh he loves Seinfeld. like even you know yeah. even when it got to the album for more about nothing like i feel that's i feel like that's part of the reason why he made that like a focal point of the promo like he i feel like he just loves seinfeld so yeah and i just well i don't know if you know but like the whole seinfeld thing is it's a show about nothing right so that's like there's a season where they're pitching the seinfeld show it's kind of like meta a little bit and they pitch it to nbc going we got a show about nothing so like (laughs) that's his whole mixtape about nothing thing but yeah the the way he picks his clips for each song it gets it gets me thinking like he's trying to make a song off the clip that he picked um yeah the most perfect example is the need to know jerry Mm -hmm. and elaine are talking about being like friends with benefits yeah that's what the song leads into like he found the perfect clip for everything and (laughs) that's a testament to both seinfeld for having a clip for everything and to him to like know what to make of it yeah and these were projects where i mean there's a connection between mixtape about nothing more about nothing and the album about nothing this is some of wale's best work so yeah it's interesting that you know that common denominator is obviously seinfeld like what that brings Brings out out in his music yeah that's interesting to me that's something that i've always pondered because you know like i said i'm not a huge seinfeld guy but it's always something interesting to me um so if you think Wale's Wale's made music for you wait till you watch Seinfeld man it's it's the show for you I I will I will you're not going to it's cool bro I might you know it's 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 on it's on Peacock right I assume or something it was on Hulu and it just got taken off I think I don't know where the hell it is now it'll it'll be streaming it'll be streaming somewhere and I might throw it on just on living life but real quick (laughs) pivoting away because we don't got we don't have all day we, we talked about Wale and how he's go with these love songs with R&B guys. The blog era, it's a really special time for R&B, too. Um, we talked about that. Oh, here way. he goes, bro. <laughs> We're here to talk about <laughs> bars, man. You coming in here talking about singing and songs. It man. is. We talked about Jeremiah on that way. Um, Jeremiah drops <laughs> Late Nights with Jeremiah, which... <sighs> I mean, this is probably my favorite Jeremiah project, like, that I love, just him getting, it, it's like, it's it's him getting a bag that he just never gets in anywhere else to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. the feature he, bag, he he's a great feature artist, but album-wise, he, he has not touched this anywhere to me. And I, I, you, I, you've heard the project, too, I think. I'm sure, yeah, sure. late nights. Yeah. I I love yeah. late nights. Yeah. I I also like late nights. The album. I like late nights. Europe. Like yeah, yeah. Jeremiah. Maybe that's something R and B we could do an episode on. When you're sick of talking about bars, we can <laughs> dig into some Jeremiah. I'm a big fan of him. Yeah. Um, I've definitely had some hot takes in the past. I remember screaming that he was better than the weekend. I don't know how true if I feel the same <laughs> way now, but. <laughs> Yeah, Jeremiah was always my like. He was one of my guys that I was just always like, "This, this is the that dude, man. You gotta listen to Jeremiah." Like, yeah, he's the one that he's the one that's gonna change things. Yeah. But if you do want to get into like some R and B stuff, we didn't even talk about. I don't know if you're a big Drake guy. I'm a big Drake guy. 
Like, he had two strong ass mixtapes. I don't yeah, know if you're. I, I don't know if you're looking at. I the saw camera. it. Yeah, I saw the camera. I'm, yeah, I'm holding for people who can't see. I'm holding comeback season in oh, my hand. The final season. Man. Um, comeback season. Room for improvement. <laughs> I don't think is in this time frame. But I, I don't, I'm not a huge room for improvement guy. I think it was a stepping stone. I don't even know what season. that is. I'm gonna be. It honest. was. It was a, a mixtape before that. So comeback season. So far we gone. Can, yeah, we can skip that. Get right to so far gone. No, we're not skipping comeback. Season okay, what, what do you want to say about comeback season? I fucking love comeback season. Um, one of the more underrated Drake collabs. Maybe I'm just spinning out of my ass here, and like it's not underrated. But him and Trey songs, man. Him and Trey songs. Oh, I, like I, I, think, I think people know. Yeah. I think people know. I, I do agree that it's a little underrated, though. I wish we would have got. I mean, we got more. a good amount. I wish we would have got more of that. I wish we got a tape. I, w- yeah. I would have preferred a Drake. Uh, here we go. This is what's going to get me yelled at. I get yelled <laughs> at about one thing in an episode. So this was. I think I know. I think I, I know pref- where you're going, and I agree. With, I, if you say what I think you're going to say, I agree with it. But I would have preferred a Drake and Trey songs tape over a Drake and Wayne tape. Yes, I agree with you. I was I, yeah. like a Drake and Wayne tape doesn't do much. Has never done much for me. Um, They're cool together. I enjoy listening to them together. The shit Drake and Trey songs did was yeah like another level. I mean, Replacement Girl is one of my favorite Drake songs. Um, damn, I'm trying to think of what he had a song on there that was a flip of a Kanye song. He did a, a he Kanye did a movie. he did a Barry Bonds freestyle on there. He did um, a Barry Bonds freestyle on there, but that's not what I was talking about. There is a group called 213. Have you ever heard of 213? It's no. Snoop, it's Snoop Dogg, Nate Dogg, and Warren G. And the album is Another Summer, I believe. Versus the 213 album and the song's Another Summer. And the album is impossible to find. <clears throat> it's like off of the face of the earth. I don't know where the fuck you can find it. <laughs> and Drake flips a song off there which is wild because like I said, it's damn near impossible to find. And I love that beat so much. Shout out okay. to 40. Shout out to 40. Yeah. I don't know if it was 40. I think he just like rapped. O- it wasn't like a sample of the song. It's literally right, okay. him rapping over the beat. Okay. okay, okay. And it's uh, going in for life. That's the song. Okay. And he's got some of the best rapping I've ever heard from him on there. So yeah, yeah I, do. I, I love comeback season. It is an interesting project because on Room for Improvement, you get a lot of rapping Drake. You get a lot of that that Dilla love that he has, that mm-hmm. 90s hip hop love that he has that you don't really see. I know people people are the just push a T love. Don't people, forget to push a T love. <laughs> people are love. just we're talking about Drake right now. People are just mashing that fast forward 15 seconds button. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever. Well, it's okay. It's fine. Have to hit it a it's few times because I'm about to wax poetic. For but yeah, comeback season is an interesting project because as someone who's a Drake fan and going back and listening to it, you get that no, this this he's really like a hip hop music hip hop head at heart like mm-hmm. there's a lot of that in him and that's that's the thing that i love about comeback season looking back at it now where he's this really big yeah, pop dude. act and he's just kind of making pop music for you know whatever probably just because that's what he wants to do and it makes him a lot of money but at, at this core there's this guy who really really loves hip-hop music um aren't you know classic r&b music and yeah this is a mixtape that really stands with that 
blog era theme. Like it is really a mixtape of the blog era. So yeah I, yeah, I love comeback season as well. Yeah, I mean, we talked about Barry Bonds freestyle. Like that's something he just can't really do now. Yeah. That's something people just can't really do. Yeah. But yeah, shout out to Man of the Year too. That's another good song on comeback season. I mean, yeah, Repl- I Replacement like- Girl is my favorite song for sure. I, we talked about it, but yeah, that's, all, <laughs> that's my favorite song. Is that your favorite Drake and Trey song song? Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's mine too. Yeah. Invented Sex is a pretty close second, but yeah. That, that one's good. But yeah, let's dig into So Far Gone. So Far Gone. We're about gone, to dig into Drake for a while. Yeah, if, you're, <laughs> if you've been pressing that fi- uh, fast forward 50 seconds button, I'm very sorry. Press it like five more times and you'll probably hear it. <laughs> but yeah, so far gone is the is the biggest mixtape of this era, right? Like, oh, by far. I yeah. remember just like it being the most massive moment. Just again, I was in middle school, and I just couldn't believe like <laughs> I w- I was a little shit, and I just couldn't believe people were like going on app like iTunes and buying best I ever had. I was like, it's free on that piff. Yeah. <laughs> Just go download the whole thing. This Drake guy's the real deal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is that project. I mean, you hear you hear Drake say the bar, you know, drop the mixtape. That shit sounded like an album again. Album. Yeah, this is this, I think this is the yeah. biggest example, probably, of that, of just a mixtape that really fucking sounds like it was made to be an album. Like the features on here. The verses on here, the beats on here, everything about this is this this is some shit that I'm giving you for free, but you're gonna want to pay for it. It's it's that good. That that's what so far gone is to me. This do you remember when it dropped on streaming? I did. I did. Yeah. I had people asking me if I heard that new Drake and I almost had my top <laughs> explode. Yeah. Like, you never fucking <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So far yeah, gone but... is even to this day. It's probably like a top. It's for me. It's it's probably in my top two, three Drake. Probably like it's high. It some days I'm like, yeah, it's his best work. Um, I really love what he did here on So Far Gone. It's almost Atlanta, Vegas, Uptown, Bria's Interlude, Brand New. Brand New is probably my favorite Drake R&B song. That's a good one. If for another episode that people just aren't going to want to hear, we could <laughs> talk about your Drake rap versus Drake R&B songs. But yeah, I love Brand yeah, New. We... Um, yeah, Houston, Atlanta, Vegas is probably my favorite song on here. Like, yeah, that's it's a such a Drake. One. It's such a Drake ass song, but I really love it's a, it. such a Drake ass word. Houston, Atlanta, <laughs> Vegas is a Drake ass fucking well, word. I think man. Houston, Atlanta, could... Vegas, uh, he, he's not the one who coined that. I think it, it's, okay. uh, it's, it's it comes from something else. <laughs> Some old, okay. I think some some. Excuse I think it, it might be. Though. Yeah, it, it, yeah. He didn't coin it, but yeah, it's such a Drake ass fucking song title. <laughs> but yeah, I love Houston Land of Vegas. Ignis shit. I mean, Ignis shit is probably the one that people who aren't Drake fans, are, even though they'll be like, all right, nah, Ignis, it's like, best Ignis I ever shit. had. Oh, I thought you were saying like the one people heard. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah people who aren't Drake fans, I feel like they'll be like, all right, Ign- Ignis shit is pretty good. So yeah, I love Ignis shit unstoppable i i enjoy his their version of that song i love the original by santi gold but i love what he did on that yeah all the way through i, lo- I love so far gone to me yeah um if we're gonna stay on drake i'm here's another thing people can yell at me about you guys are gonna have a list for this one 
Yeah. Um, Everyone has turned it off by this point, but it's just, it's just me yeah. and you talking now. It's okay. I'm pretty sure Drake got me into Nipsey. I heard Killers, and I was like, this fucking Nipsey Hustle guy is good. So I went back, and I listened to, like, Burner on My Lap and the old Nipsey tapes, because Nipsey was part of this era, too. We didn't really touch on him. Yeah, His, I think... He hasn't, I think, I mean, there's some tapes in here. I think Crenshaw came out in the, in our time frame, which is kind well, of the only Crenshaw's 2013. Okay. Well, I think we, we, we kind of, we kind of added 2013. So I'll say mm-hmm. Crenshaw is the Nipsey Amazing. project from that time that I resonate with just because mm-hmm. he was selling the shit for a hundred dollars. And I was like, I can get it for free right now. Like, why is he doing that? But then people were buying it for a hundred dollars and yeah, I mean, Nipsey, just a very, very smart mind. Um, something that I said in our in our draft episode, the part one of that, part two is coming someday. But something that I said about Nipsey, he has just this ear for music that is akin to, you know, guys like Ross, guys like that. Like the way he can weave songs in a project, pick beats, craft verses, um, get singers, the way he just crafts music is very very beautiful and he's had that for a while and he does it on crenshaw yeah crenshaw was the culmination of everything um i didn't i heard like some of the mixtapes i don't really remember songs off a lot of the mixtapes i remember a few i remember like hustle in the house Mm -hmm. i remember uh the hustle way like i remember some of the stuff he was putting out but crenshaw the tape was the one where i front to back was just replaying nonstop. Talked yeah. about like shit I would listen to on my bus ride to school and stuff. And Crenshaw definitely like summertime in that cutlass in a Wisconsin winter makes you feel <laughs> so much better about being in like negative 10 degree weather. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it was kind of a turning point for Nipsey. Obviously, it didn't catapult him to just like super, super mainstream success. But I think it was a, it was a big project for Nipsey's career. So, yeah, mm-hmm. got to shout out Crenshaw. Rest in peace, Nipsey Hustle, of course. Um, of course. Yeah. But yeah, and I mean Drake was doing songs with Kevin Cossum too. I don't remember. I don't know if you remember. I get money. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like he was, he was working with everyone, and that's kind of something I miss. Now it feels like a moment when he works with someone. I preferred it when he was just like, just doing random shit with random people, and he wasn't trying to bite their style. He was just <laughs> doing his own thing on there. And yeah, it was a good time. Um, you want to wrap up here? Talk about maybe our favorite tape from this time. Favorite project. Yes. Um, yeah, if you if you want to start, I mean, yeah, you can give me one, you can give me two, you can okay. give me three. Because <laughs> I know the there's so best many. Best mixtape ever. Doesn't matter the fucking year. Oh, yeah, okay. It's yeah, crit yeah, yeah. was here. Okay. It's crit was here, hands down. Um, the production, everything he did by himself, the rapping, the verses, I mean, the way it flows together. From Glass House to Just Touchdown to They Got Us, there's music for everyone and everything. Um, he does the conscious rap. He does the bullshit rap. He does the cornbread beats, <laughs> raps. He raps about cars, yeah. um, everything. I, like, Crit Was Here is something I go back to. I can't even express how much. Like, it's one of my favorite projects ever. Um, it's something I enjoyed a lot when I first heard it when i was younger and it was something i kept like slowly getting back to and as i got older i was like this is just something i want to hear all the time uh especially when i started driving yeah it's great yeah. cruising music yeah man um turn turn the volume all the way up just fucking 
going crazy yeah. with it. Yeah, I mentioned Glass House. Do you, do you know the song Glass House, like off the top of your head, what it sounds like? Not off the top of my head, no. Okay, it's on Cushion OJ. It's on Cushion OJ, it's on Crit Was Here, and I'm pretty sure it's on a currency tape. Because it's all three of them rapping their goddamn asses off. And it's one of those songs where, like, everyone's doing the best they can and they all hit. And, yeah, that's that's a good combination. Yeah, but. yeah. <laughs> I just turned it on and, yeah, just immediately crit. Yeah, yeah, I know. This. Yeah. <laughs> um, God, crit was rapping his ass off in that area. Bro, really. currency, man. <laughs> currency said, uh, I'm... Your schedule, your schedule one. I'm schedule one dope, and you're just ibuprofen. And I was like, that's the fucking dopest shit I ever heard. <laughs> um, yeah, Crit was here. Is it? It. It's a very special project. I. I don't know. It's. It's not gonna be my pick, but it is. It stand. It stands apart from everything in that era. It stands apart from like, yeah, this is the cream of the crop. Um. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm going back to what we talked about earlier in our Discord with Crit and J Cole because I I can see the Crit is better side <laughs> like I can really see it with what Crit did because I think Crit was here I would say is better than uh, Friday Night Lights uh, or the other one I, that I'm blanking yeah. on but I mean it's it's better than the Cold Tapes I think the I think the album's a little different but yeah go that's ahead. True. So for me, I think what I'm, before you say yours, let me go one last thing. I'm yeah, I mean, here. listen, yeah, I said you could say one or two because there's so many. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I just want to talk about Crit Was Here. I could probably do a whole fucking episode on this goddamn project. Yeah. But if you haven't heard it, just listen to maybe the first three songs and you don't even have to li- really listen to the rapping. Just listen to how damn good he is at making beats. It's absurd. Yeah. That's the thing about Crit where <laughs> um and I talked about it last week when we were talking about party. It's just guys who make beats, it it a lot of times it's so much better when they're good at making beats because the the whole vision of what they have in their mind, it comes out in the track because they make the beat and they do the vocals. So there's no like, you know, there's no fucking mess up there. Like everything that they're thinking of what they really envision for the song it'll come out because they're just doing everything yeah crit is a really fucking amazing producer and it shows on this tape he's a guy who's influenced you know by so much classic southern hip-hop you know outcast goody mob uh, uh ugk all, all like all these southern hip-hop legends he's influenced by that and i think he just he just puts his spin on it in a modern and I put put some modern spin on it, and he does it really fucking well. I think he does yeah. so much. He like he's an underrated lyricist, dude. Crit can really fucking rap for real. Like I think yeah. a lot of people were saying, you know, he's kind of like the southern rapper who he was driving about cars and fucking subwoofers and shit. No, Big Crit can cornbread. He, <laughs> he can rap his ass off for real. Um, yeah, and yeah, it shows on here. We're not going to get into it, but Return of Forever, uh, Forever in a Day, Forever in a Day, as I think would probably be my favorite Crit mixtape. I love Crit was mm-hmm. here, but I think I like Forever in a Day a little bit more. Um, yeah. Yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna listen to Crit was here, make sure you go to Dat Piff or you go to a mixtape site. Don't listen to it on streaming. Yeah. He missed out on a lot of songs because of sample clearances. There's like 110th Street by Bobby Wombeck. He flips that song on the tape. Yeah. I Crit was here. That's my definite hot take. That's my. Uh, 
I don't know if I give a lot of takes on here. I feel like I give a lot of opinions <laughs> on what I like and don't like. But yeah. if I have a take, it's fucking Crit was here is the best mixtape ever released. That's fair. <laughs> now, all right. Uh, <laughs> uh, for me, again, it's a constant theme in this show. I really love R and B, and when you I'm talking say. about I'm talking about the blog era. Yeah, there was a lot of great, you know, hip hop and rap going on and I, I brought it up a little bit earlier when I was talking about Jeremiah there's a lot of really great R&B happening in this time too where they're kind of getting away from what contemporary R&B was at that time with guys like you know Chris Brown, Usher, Trey Songs. it was kind of evolving into this more progressive form it was kind of pushing forward and when I look at projects that really push the genre forward um, Nostalgia Ultra by Frank Ocean one of those projects that is really really special for me um frank ocean is an all-time to me he's an all-time great songwriter when you look at this era or just forever the way frank ocean is able to craft songs and write lyrics it's really special it's he he is one he is generational he's a generational songwriter (laughs) And it really comes through on this tape. Um, uh, I didn't pick it, but big shout out to House of Balloons because I love House of Balloons too. Um, but yeah, Nostalgia Ultra for me is that project. Uh, I don't even know where to start. Novocaine is the biggest song on here. And I fucking love Novocaine. It's so catchy. Um, he's, it's, uh, it's very visual. <laughs> like when he's talking about Novocaine, I can just see it in my head of everything that he's talking about on here. Um, I love the production on there. It's kind of weird. It's left of center at that time. It's it's very progressive for what we were hearing from R&B at that time. So Novocaine, Strawberry Swing is one that I love. It's just this very warm, beautiful song, but it's not too, uh, it's not too heavy on the production side. So Frank is really front and center. And it's something that is a constant throughout this project. Frank is really front and center you're hearing what he's saying about, you know, just growing older and his maturation and talking about what love is to him, which is important because, you know, I think it really kind of came out that Frank Ocean was bisexual when thinking about you in Channel Orange. But I mean, if you listen to uh, Nostalgia Ultra, you get that in the lyrics. So I, that was the thing where I, we kind of knew that already. I didn't, everyone didn't, but um, he's just very open on here. He's very vulnerable. Um and yeah just a beautiful songwriter a beautiful singer as well just a great voice i don't i don't think he has a generational voice i think he's a very talented singer but where he's really special is the songwriting here and the production is great i said novocaine but there will be tears is another one that man it's just such a special song there will be tears is one of these standout songs from this time for me and then one last song american wedding a cover of hotel california by the eagles his spin yeah. on that is just fucking insane to me. Um, you want to talk about visual, the way he is guiding us through this story of what American love is like and getting, you know, mar- marriage in American culture and, you know, problems with it. What he's doing on this song is amazing. So, yes, everything on this album, on this mixtape is amazing. Nostalgia Ultra for me is the best project of the blog era for me. 
Yeah, Nostalgia Ultra, I I remember, like, we didn't really touch into Odd Future too much. I'm not too well-versed in Odd Future. Me neither. Uh, so. <laughs> not something I can really talk about eloquently. But they were – it was a moment, you know. Um, a lot of fans, a lot of people were really into them. I remember Frank Ocean being, like, someone – talking to me like oh yeah you don't like odd future but like give frank a try he's different than the rest of them yeah and <clears throat> that mixtape was the one that i kind of dove into and it was the one i really liked and um yeah novocaine novocaine's the song like <laughs> yeah we i there's not much to like dance around like you talked about american wedding which i mm-hmm. like a lot but yeah. novocaine's the one where you can see the vision on frank yeah. You can see, like, uh, kind of what he was talking about. And uh, I do need someone to clip Lee just saying, I love Novocaine <laughs> for future work. <laughs> <coughs> but, yeah, I mean, that's a good pick, especially for someone that's so into R&B. Um, yeah, and it's also he, re- he, changed, important. he changed everything with that one. Yeah, he changed was, a lot with that one. It was important. Um. Yeah. I mean, that might be it for the week, huh? I think that's it. I don't know how long this is, but we'll just put it out as one. Fuck it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, we're going like, to put it out as one. I meant yeah. cut it, cut the recording when I had my little yeah, cause I, attack. I think that, like, that's paused and resumed, so it should be fine. It should just mm-hmm. play it back like one. So, yeah, th- I mean, might... this is this a new thing for us. Uh, like I said, every week we usually try to make a point or say something or have some kind of theme. But no, we, we're kind of just... Yeah, we didn't have an outline. This yeah, time. we were just talking about a time that we loved that kind of molded music, molded us in the shit we listened to musically. And yeah, it was just really important. Um, and it, it, it's kind of interesting because we're two guys who weren't really there and active. Like we weren't in college <laughs> and shit when it was out. So, you know, we're not the most well versed in the blog era, but that's just how impactful it was. You know, even guys who weren't you know, outside really living life at that time, a lot of that shit yeah, still it's vivid and important. It's very vivid for me. There's yeah. there's certain stuff that's vivid for me. I, I talked a little bit about So Far Gone. That was something I remember like coming out and being like, wow, this is what everyone's listening to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, next week we might be off or Lee might get some guests to do something. On his yeah, own. I'm probably gonna I'll I'll figure something out. Well there there will I, I kind of got something in the works right now, so we'll figure something out. There will probably, most likely, be a podcast next week. Uh, mm-hmm. Next Monday, we'll be back to Monday. So, yeah, but young, yeah. Youngest will not be here next week. It, I, uh, to my knowledge, it won't, it won't be a prolonged absence. He'll be, he'll be right back. So, No, no. I got, I'm hitting the Brewer game next Sunday and then the Bucks finals game at night, you know? Yes, sir. It's going to be a big sports day for me, so... Not really going to have time on the weekend to record and stuff. That's but, all good. Uh, That's all good. Yeah. Uh, like and subscribe us as always. Give yes, us sir. five stars. We appreciate Thank y'all. Listening. Thank you for sticking yes, with us. Do. Sorry that we talked about Drake for like 10 minutes. We're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> nah, re- there's going to be a Drake episode soon. Don't worry. There, there will be a Drake. We're trying to like gain some cachet and respect and you guys like us. And then, yeah, we're going to talk about Drake for an hour. <laughs> so. <laughs> but yeah. Thank you guys. Thank you Youngest, uh, have a good have a good week, bro. I'll talk to you next week, bro. Yep. See you.